Welcome to 4,000 Weeks, the weekly audio version of the weekly newsletter version from 4kweeks.com. You can subscribe to the actual email newsletter version of this by going to 4kweeks.com and subscribing. I sure do love uh, having people subscribe and listen to whatever random ramblings about living a good life that I get into each week. And why would you want to subscribe to the email newsletter version? Well, you'll be able to click on all the links super easily. Um, occasionally there'll be discounts and, you know, weekly newsletters when done well are nice. All right, let's get into it. The first thing that I owe you is the dad joke of the week. And so I'm going to read you the beginning and then we'll get to the punchline at the end. Did you hear about the new style of broom? All right. That's it. So, week three of 2024 has arrived. Wow. We are already three weeks into the year 2024. The high school senior of me in 1996 could not possibly have imagined, number one, that we would be here, and number two, what it would be like. Be still my beating heart. Or don't be still, I suppose. It's time for you to walk over to your 4K Weeks poster and fill in another square. Are you finished? Okay. Here it is. One of the hardest things to stomach about modern life is the nuance in everything. These days, 99% of everything is a shade of gray. When you find something that is truly binary, it is very rare in this world. And it seems also, at the same time, that black and white is the only thing that cuts through the noise, which is weird, right? You don't hear politicians saying, well, that's actually very difficult to explain, and let me spend the next 30 minutes explaining why this issue or that issue is stickier than we should or we shouldn't do it, right? They don't do that because nobody listens to that. And so, you know, black and white is the only thing that cuts through the noise. You, you have to die, this is the only way, et cetera, et cetera. And it's, it's really silly. But the main part of the nuance that I'm speaking of here is the need to push hard and fight to have an agenda and to get the agenda done, while at the same time not squeezing the agenda and the sands of time so tightly in your fist that the sands run out faster. I think that Usain Bolt has talked about this, the relaxed intensity that is required for him to win races. And I think that's what we all have to shoot for. You have to like really hold tight to the things that you want and are important while also being relaxed and loose with them so that they don't quickly disappear. Time runs away. The universe drops turds in your punch bowl and you just need to keep a loose but intentional grip on your priorities and plow forward. All right. Let's get to the remarkable weeks this week. There's a few good ones in here. Week three of 2009. And I didn't know that this was his first name because everybody just calls him Sully. His first name is Chesley. Chesley Sullenberger successfully lands U.S. Airways flight 1549 on the Hudson River shortly after takeoff from LaGuardia Airport. And if you are an adult, I know you remember this. It was dubbed the Miracle on the Hudson. All 55 passengers in the crew survived the emergency uh, water landing. And you should subscribe to the newsletter and click the link that is there to listen to the audio of the air traffic controllers and Sully Sullenberger communicating back and forth. It is, it is a virtuistic, virtu, virtuoso performance in calm, 
in a stressful situation. And I think the only way that he could actually do that is just training, repetition, repetition, repetition. There's this part where uh, they say, okay, we're going to redirect you to this uh, airline here. We've cleared the runway. And he's, he just goes, unable. Because he's just processing so much information at once. It's, it, I seriously, you can Google it if you need to. Uh, it is a staggering, a staggeringly calm, chaotic moment. Week three of 1882, Aletta Jacobs becomes the first Dutch female physician and opens her office. And that was 1882. You should read her Wikipedia entry. She was clearly a fighter, the kind of person who dedicates their life to making the world a better place for all of us. She was, oh, first, gosh, I'm getting ahead of myself. Sully was, um, well, the math is wrong here. The math says he was 21.2 years old or 10... Uh, 1,096 weeks. Uh, this is a rarely unpolished version. I'm going to leave this in of the podcast. Uh, I got to fix that. And if you want to know actually how old he was, you're just going to have to subscribe to the newsletter because it will get fixed before it goes out tomorrow. <laughs> anyway, Aletta Jacobs, the first Dutch female physician who opened her office this week in week or in year 1882. She was 1,457 weeks old or 27.97 years. Week three of 1981, Muhammad Ali talks a 21-year-old man out of taking his own life by jumping off of a building. Muhammad Ali did myriad things in his life that could be called great, but I guarantee you to this young man's mother, this was certainly the greatest. He was 2,035 weeks old or 39 years. The reason for that context on Muhammad Ali comes from this week's quote. And this week's quote is, and I'm going to read it to you twice, a man is great by deeds, not by birth. A man is great by deeds, not by birth. And that was said by a few different people, according to the Googles. Um, Chanakya is the name that seemed to me the most likely. Um, it's a good sentiment. So what are you going to do? Because here's the thing. We all need each other to be great. I need you to be great and you need me to be great. Our future literally depends on it. And, and the fact that I am able to stare into this camera and speak into this microphone and all of those little tiny particles actually make sense and they go into a computer and they get processed, processed and they go from the computer through something called a router and sent across the world so that you can actually consume it right now is an example of us relying on other people's greatness because none of that stuff would have gotten done without someone being great that day. The universe tends towards disorder. Entropy is always increasing and you have to work to become your best self to keep the decay at bay. Any species, our species especially, is either growing or dying. There is only an instant on the chart where you are neither of those things. You are almost always either one of those two, either growing or dying. Now, to be clear, great is a super loaded word, especially in our culture. You think I mean things when I say that word that I may or may not mean because of all the stuff that we've built and all the, all the cultural beliefs we've stacked on top of them. The way I define great is certainly different than the way you define great. And that is 100% fine and dandy. In fact, it's essential 
that we have different definitions of great so that we are each doing different things. And since there are so many of us, most of the things get done. Great doesn't have to move mountains. Great doesn't have to be the one and only world champion of boxing. In fact, few of us will be great in that way. All sorts of little things are great. My dad was never the world champion of boxing, but he was a great man who did great things. And so I think it's just important to remember that it's not the result that matters here. It's the effort and the inputs because it's in the trying to bring forth greatness within you that you succeed in being great. And that's the beautiful part about this. I think that it's, you don't have to, um, you don't have to cross a specific finish line. You just have to start running the race. And if you do that, we all benefit. When you succeed in the battle to try or not to try, you, we all win. Abraham Lincoln said the same thing in, you know, the language of a country boy as this quote, which is a, a, an ancient Eastern uh, quote. I don't exactly know where it comes from, but it, it is Eastern wisdom. And Abraham Lincoln, the Western sage, one of the Western sages says, you have to do your own growing no matter how tall your grandfather was. What am I consuming this week? Okay, there's a few things. I'm kind of getting back on the horse after, you know, the holidays and the disruption that occurred in my life <laughs> over the holidays. Um, but this week, instead of listening to a whole bunch of different podcasts, I only listened to one. And I, this recommendation came from Kevin Kelly, and it was spot on. The Big Dig podcast, uh, it was created by GBH News in Boston and hosted by Ian Koss. And I got to say, it is a fascinating look at the beginning to end of, of the largest infrastructure project or one of the largest infrastructure projects in the United States, which is the Big Dig Tunnel in Boston. And I mean, they start at the beginning when it is just uh, you know, with with the interstate highway system and all of the sins of that era, you know, uh, slamming highways through uh, poor and minority neighborhoods because they knew they wouldn't get any resistance, chopping neighborhoods in half with huge eight lane highways, all of the stuff that we now know that, you know, I think a lot of us didn't pay attention to uh, back then. Uh, they start with that and they end, you know, in the mid 2000s when finally the 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 big dig was open and fixed and, um, and people had moved on from it. And it is just fascinating. And I think, you know, if you're in the United States and you care about this country, which I hope is all of you. And if you, if that's not you, please stop listening to this podcast and go find something to care about. Uh, infrastructure is like a blinking red light. We built a whole bunch of things in the fifties and sixties and maybe a few things in the seventies. And all of those things not need to be, they need to be maintained now. They're falling apart, right? You know, we, we, I don't know if you know this about concrete, but the way we build concrete includes the seed of its death. There's a, that, that's a, I don't know, there's like a thing, an idiom or something about that. When something's, something includes the seeds of its own destruction from the beginning, putting rebar in concrete means that it's eventually going to have to be replaced because the rebar eventually rusts and expands and cracks the concrete. So infrastructure is a huge issue in this country, and it's clear we don't know how to do it anymore. You know, the, one of the main things they talk about in, this, in that podcast is that in the 1970s, Nixon, um, I can't remember what the law was 
called, but passed a law that basically required environmental impact studies to be done. And I think we can all agree that's a good thing, right? Um, but we have to be able to do stuff, right? And so it's just, you should listen to this podcast and you should think about how in the hell are we going to get good at doing large infrastructure projects again? Because that's what countries that are thriving, nations that are thriving, worlds that are thriving do. They build things to make the future better than the present. Um, yeah, you should listen to it. It's fascinating. And they, they do a great job of telling the stories of like the palace intrigue, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I've, I've been, I'm on, there are nine episodes and then it's done. And when I wrote this, I was on seven. I've since listened to eight. It's just, I can't, it's what, it is what podcasts were meant for taking an issue that would never get dug into in this way, packaging it up in an episodic format and, and delivering it to you. It is the, the greatest of what podcasts can be, I think. Okay. Next thing I've been consuming this week is this book, Who Makes the NBA? Data-Driven Answers to Basketball's Biggest Questions by Seth Stevens Davidowitz. And it's a short book, and I can't remember who recommended it to me. And so if, if that was you, please let me know so I can give you credit. Because the reason this book is super interesting is that uh, the author, Seth Stevens Davidowitz, decided to do an experiment to write this whole book primarily using artificial intelligence. I think he used OpenAI's chat, uh, chatbot. I don't think it was ChatGPT to create, to do coding, to process all the data. And he says that had, had he had to do this data processing by himself, like he has done in his previous two books, this book would have taken two years to write. But because of the power of artificial intelligence, it was able to comb through this data and produce results that he could then fact check and sort so much more quickly. So he wrote this entire book. And in fact, all of the images in the book were generated by um, image AI image generators, Mid Journey or Dali. And um, the book is just all about what it takes to be in the NBA, which is, you know, interesting to me. Super fascinating statistics. Like if you are seven foot two, you have a one in one chance of being in the NBA. Basically, everyone who is seven foot two is in the NBA. If you're seven feet tall in the United States, it's one out of 10. All the way down to like how, um, how, what the likelihood of you being in the NBA is depending on your hand size, right? Because, you know, being able to palm a basketball is a, a huge advantage in basketball. And I'll spoil this. Basketball is the most genetically advantaged sport, meaning that your genetics matter the most in basketball compared to baseball or football or hockey or track or anything. So super interesting. Um, the book is interesting, but also how he did it with artificial intelligence is super interesting as well. Um, I wanted to put this in here. I'm also spending about two hours a day just watching, uh, watching and reading and uh, watching videos and reading materials for a specific kind of training for one of our businesses. I'm doing that. That's two hours a day. I've been doing that for the last week. I will be doing it for the next four or five weeks. And I wanted to ask you guys, what is it that you're intentionally learning right now? Is there anything that you are using to stretch your brain? I think it's so important for us to do that. Um, and I'd love to know. Um, tell me. Shoot me an email. Spencer at 4kweeks.com. Okay. The Instagram nuggets of this week are super duper good. There's one that I'm going to share with you in this podcast. And it's just a little meme, which is like, uh, you know, obviously there's an image because it's on Instagram. Um, and you should, you should subscribe to the podcast or the newsletter so that you can click these links because I think they're worth it. Um, but the one I'm going to share with you is that uh, you should never trust any thoughts you have about your life that occur after 9.30 p.m. 
And then the, you know, the person who wrote it is like, sure enough, whenever I'm feeling bad about things, I'll look at the clock and it's like 10 p.m. And it's like, ha, 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 you can't fool me. And I think that's really funny. Um, but there's like five or six in the email newsletter this week. Okay. The last section before I tell you the punchline to the joke and then we move on from this week's newsletter. And I hope you're having a great week. I hope you're listening to this while you're exercising or something. Um, the last section is what I am currently thinking about this week. And here it is. And this actually comes back to the, one of the training things that we're doing. And I have heard this a few different ways this week. And, and I want to say, I'm, I intentionally chose the most inflammatory way to phrase this. So think about that as I say it. Ready? The current you is not capable of realizing your dreams. Now, I said I wrote that in the most inflammatory way possible, and it's because I wanted to ruffle your feathers. But I want you to think about this. If the person you currently are was capable of doing the things that are necessary for you to achieve your wildest dreams, then you would have achieved them already. And so, take a minute, take a deep breath. Let go of your ego a little bit and see the truth in this. And allow that truth to open the door to possibility. You would have achieved your dreams already if the current you was capable of doing it. So now that we know that that's true, and we know that's true. We know that you would have done the things and you haven't, and that's okay. What do you need to become to accomplish the things that you dream about? Who do you need to become? to accomplish the things that you dream about? What skills do you need to improve? What skills do you need to, uh, to get that you don't even have? What habits do you need to build? What habits do you need to kill? What are the things that come naturally to you that you should be spending all of your time doing instead of checking off your to-do list all day long every day because that gives you a little dopamine hit and you feel good about yourself even though you haven't actually made any big progress on the big things? I think about this... I think about this in this way a lot. When I was in college, I did, um, I worked on a federal contract as a not for a non-preferred contractor, meaning they had to play, pay union scale wages for a federal bid construction project in section eight housing. And I was, I just did demolition and I got paid because it was, they had to pay union scale, but they had low bid the project, right? That's how that works. But they had to pay me a know nothing uh, freshman in college, like $15 an hour to do demo, which at the time was an insane amount of money. I think, I think I was also working for the university uh, as part of my work study agreement and making minimum wage, which was four twenty five, just to give you an idea how much money $15 an hour was. Anyway. When you're doing demolition in a kitchen um, that has that is full of uh, roach poop and mouse poop, you want to make as little dust as possible. And the way you make as little dust as possible is by removing the kitchen in the biggest chunks possible. And the way you do that is with a big lever. You got to figure out where to stick the big crowbar between the wall and the cabinets. And you have to use that lever to get a ton of mechanical advantage so that the cabinets just pop off the wall into your partner's hand and don't hit the floor and make a big cloud of dust. And so when you are checking off your to-do list all day, every day and feeling good about it, those are levers that are so tiny that they're almost not even noticeable. What you really need to be doing is the work that's not going to pay off today and might probably won't even get done today, but will have a huge impact in your life when it does get done. 
right? So that was a little bit of a divergence, but I, I want to get back to the, 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 what are you spending your time on? Checking off your to-do list is not going to achieve your dreams. Um, you need to focus on becoming the person you need to be to accomplish the goals that you need to accomplish to achieve the dreams that you have for yourself. And another little piece of this that has, was mentioned in this training where I heard this, which I liked this mental f- switch, is that you need to think of yourself as the author, not the character. You aren't the person running around the storyline of the book doing the things. You are the person telling the character what to do. You are the person controlling Link, the character in Zelda Breath of the Wild. You've got this little game controller and you're like, okay, go to sleep because you got to wake up early. Okay, now wake up and exercise, right? All of those little things that you have to do. Um, This is not in the email, um, but I just want to sidebar it right here in the podcast because I want to give you guys a little bit extra. You know, maybe I said this last week. It's all right. It bears repeating. Um, You, not you, I, I am a grown up. I'm a big boy wearing my big boy pants. I have been a responsible human for decades now, but my dad dying has given me pause and made me feel like, oh, wow, I'm like finally a big boy. I'm finally a grown up. I'm finally the CEO of this whole operation. And I mean that in a good way. I mean that in like, now I am the oldest man and I have responsibilities and I want to live up to those responsibilities. And so now it's a matter of what do I need to do to be the person that I need to be for the people that I am responsible for? And when I look at it that way, it's a lot easier to do those things than just like, oh, get up and exercise. No, it's like, no, you need to stay fit and healthy because you have a lot of people relying on you and you like the fact that those people rely on you. And so get up and do the thing. And maybe that'll help you think about it differently. But I'll just leave you with a, this is, I have babbled on on this, but I'll leave you with this question. What do you need to do so that you can be the person that you need to be to accomplish the things that you want to accomplish? All right, that's it. I will tell you the punchline to the joke now. Did you hear about the new style of broom? Yeah, it's sweeping the nation. Or you could also say, yeah, it's sweeping away the competition. (laughs) That one's pretty groany. I got to be honest, after a year and a half of coming up with a dad joke every week, they're getting pretty thin. So if you have any, send them to me, Spencer at 4K Weeks. I hope you have a wonderful week. I hope you are doing your damnedest to enjoy your time on this earth. I hope you have a clear vision of what is important to you. I hope you have a clear vision of the people that are important to you. And I hope that you are doing the things that you need and want to do to be the person that you need and want to be. Have a great week.